You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. I hope you all had a fantastic time for Thanksgiving, and I pray that you were able to spend some quality time with your friends and your family. Now, since we're in the holiday season and we have a lot of holiday goodies, many of your family members are encouraging you to put your feet up because you're pregnant, sit back and eat, right? Well, many of you have been sending messages asking what you should be eating and how much. So I thought we'd chat about that today. So you made it through Thanksgiving. Now it's time to reset before Christmas, friends. And let's have a chat about eating for two. Friends and family members think that you are literally eating for two people. And they're doubling your portion sizes because of that. If you think about it, that would mean the baby is a whole grown person with a grown-up appetite, and then there's your appetite as well, right? So that's what they're expecting you to do. So obviously, you're not eating for two. Remember, as much as your family wants you to have comfort food, you are actually eating for one. Now, let's say you are eating for you and your baby that's born. Okay, you are eating for two because you're breastfeeding, but the size of that baby's stomach is tiny. It's not an adult. Uh, it's not an adult that you're trying to feed through uh, breast milk. Okay. It's still a baby. Okay. And that baby is ages zero months to 12 months on average. Okay. So you are not still eating for two adults. Now in pregnancy specifically, you should be eating about 300 calories a day, more than you were prior to becoming pregnant. Now, if you're overeating before pregnancy, don't feel pressure to intentionally increase the amount of food that you're eating in your diet. Your body will tell you when it's hungry. So don't do like me. Don't eat something just because it looks good. It's very easy to do that during the holiday. You got all kinds of people bringing you cakes and cookies and pralines and all kinds of stuff over to the house or to your job. Fight that temptation and eat because you are hungry. Now, overeating increases your risk of a lot of things, okay? And before it increases your risk, it's going to increase the risk of you gaining too much weight in the pregnancy. So just for a reminder to recap, for those of you who are obese, those of us, let me correct myself and say us, because I was in that same category, okay? Meaning your body mass index is over 30, okay? Overweight, BMI over 25. Obese, your BMI is over 30. So we 
should be gaining about 11 to 20 pounds of weight the entire pregnancy. Remember, the majority of people gain their weight in the latter half of the second trimester into the third trimester. So the second part of your pregnancy is when you gain the most of your weight. Okay. In the first trimester, people usually have a decreased appetite. They have nausea and vomiting because of all the pregnancy hormones. So they can tend to lose weight. That's very normal to lose weight in the first trimester. Even in the early second trimester, that's normal. Now, once you hit the mid second trimester, 20, 22 weeks, you start to catch up with what you were before. Okay. You feel good. You have a little bit more energy. You're not vomiting all the time. And then towards the end of that second trimester, beginning of the third trimester is when you will gain the majority of your weight. And I say that because 11 to 20 pounds is not a lot of weight. So you sort of have to pace yourself through the pregnancy when people are forcing food because, oh, you're pregnant. You need to eat. Pump your brakes. Tell them to pump your brakes. I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. Okay. For those with normal weights, normal BMIs. I encourage my patients to gain about 25 to 35 pounds during the pregnancy. And for those of you who are underweight, which has never been me, okay, but that means your BMI is under 18.5. That means that you should gain 28 to 40 pounds during your pregnancy, okay, because we need to catch you up in terms of nutrition and then also gain more weight to support the pregnancy. Now, I'm not a pound counter, okay? So, my patient will tell you that I'm not somebody that's like, oh, you've gained five pounds in the last three weeks. I'm not that person. I focus on eating three well-balanced meals and three snacks throughout the day. So for me, the key is well-balanced. Now, that means you should be eating breakfast, a snack between breakfast and lunch, then lunch and the snack between lunch and dinner. And then after dinner, somewhere before you go to bed, you should be eating a bedtime snack. Now, you may have heard me say this like almost like a tape recorder on diabetic episodes because this is how diabetics are supposed to eat. Everybody should be eating as diabetics eat, okay? With a little bit more carbs, but the frequency in which we eat, it should be like a diabetic. That keeps our metabolism high when we are putting something in our mouths by every three hours, okay? You should be eating frequent small meals throughout the day, that allows you not to binge eat, okay? Like, oh my God, I'm starving. I'm going to put everything in my mouth. And so with that one setting, you've consumed 3,000 calories. I mean, that should never happen. You should pretty much graze throughout the day and eat very small meals and snacks throughout the day. That's how we get our well-balanced diet in. Now, since we know it's the holiday season, try to make sure that your meal still has some green leafy stuff in it, okay? Not just turkey, dressing or stuffing, and cake and pie. That's not well-balanced, okay? And that can escalate your weight gain really quickly, eating that fried turkey and that dressing, okay? So let's make sure that we do still have some type of vegetable at the table. Now, I'm from the South, okay? Our vegetables tend to not really be nutritious, why is it that, that I say that? Because we cook the life out of it, right? What do we have for veggies during the holiday season? Anybody? Anybody? We have collard greens in my family. And like any Southern family, you have collard greens or mustard greens or maybe, tur- I don't like turnip greens, but maybe turnip greens too. 
Okay, but what do we do? We boil them all the way down until they have zero nutritional value. And we add a whole bunch of seasoned salt because that, that's what makes it taste good. And then we usually have some form of smoked pork. Okay, ham hock would be my family's smoked pork of choice. Ham hock or maybe bacon of some sort. But some part of the pig that's smoked is going to be in those greens, okay? And we love them. And then what we add with the greens? We add either cornbread itself or the cornbread dressing adjacent to the collard greens. Why? So that we can take our fork and pick up some of those greens and then add a little bit of scoop of the cornbread or cornbread dressing with every bite, okay? That is not nutritious. It's good, it's delicious, but it's not nutritious. So I would encourage you while we're doing the holiday thing, just make sure, you know, cut you your own side of like fresh cucumbers on the side, have some tomatoes and, and lettuce on the side, maybe suggest a, a freshly tossed salad for one of the side dishes, as opposed to the greens with the ham hogs or the green beans with the bacon in it, okay? Um, all the veggies that have been cooked down, you know, you got, you know, carrot souffle that's been cooked down with sugar and nuts and all kind of stuff. So wanna make sure that you continue your well-balanced diet trend and making sure that you eat something nutritious, a vegetable preferably first, Okay. And I say that because we can get really full off of these high carb um, items that are on the menu, the spread of food that we're going to eat all day long. Oh, I want a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Oh, I'm going to go back and get this. Now I want mac and cheese. Okay. Carb, 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 carbs. Okay. Eat your vegetables first so that you can get full faster off of the veggies and then all the other stuff you leave as leftover. Now, if you're a diabetic, I always tell my diabetics that they can cheat on major holidays. Okay, I'm that person. I'm a realist. You can cheat. But when it's time to get rid of it, it's over. Eat whatever you want on that holiday. I want you to still eat your, your, your veggies, but eat whatever you want. And then after that holiday is over, the treats, the pies, the cakes, all of that, it's over as well. Okay, so Thanksgiving, you binged. Friday for good for uh, Black Friday, you were out and about or surfing the web to find deals and you are going back to what you were on before. You're going to have your slice of turkey with, you know, your normal size or your salad uh, that you had before. You will not eat a whole bunch of leftovers. So Christmas is coming up. OK, that's part two of binge eating holiday season, holiday edition. So let's make sure we remember that. The other thing I always tell my patients to do is, especially during the holidays, let's be intentional about moving around a bit. Take a walk around the house if you're somewhere that has snow or around the corner if you're somewhere in the South like I am. You can go to the gym, but remember, you should glisten, not have a full on sweat. Okay, I don't want you to overdo it. And of course, if you're not used to lifting weights, we don't want you to start a new uh, weightlifting regimen during your pregnancy. 10 pound weights are the heaviest weights you should be lifting. But again, this is just getting you through the holiday bin. So I just tell you, you know, if you're going to eat the spread, which if you don't eat the spread, your family's going to be looking at you crazy. 
move around a bit. Okay. Move around after your meals. Don't sit down. Try to remain active through the day. Even when they tell you to sit down and put your feet up, just say, I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. Get up, go walk to the bathroom. When you're in the bathroom, walk around the bathroom. If you have a big bathroom, if you go to the bathroom in your room, the master bedroom, walk around your room a little bit. Like just try to move a little bit when you're not in the public eye. Okay. That'll help you break down some of these calories faster and not be a total slug during this holiday edition. Okay. Now during the holiday, you might come across foods that have more seasoning than you used to or be a bit spicy. So make sure to have antacids with you at all times. So Tums, Tums are your friend. Carry them with you in your purse at all times because you will think, oh my God, I'm having indigestion or oh my goodness, I'm having contractions. We don't need all of that. You don't need to be <laughs> running back and forth because of indigestion. Get yourself some Tums, pop your Tums if you know you're going to eat those college rings with the ham hocks in it, okay? Eat your Tums and then eat your spread of food. Also, make sure you're not adding to your intake by drinking your calories, okay? That eggnog, that non-alcoholic eggnog, because of course we all know by now that you should not be drinking during pregnancy, but those eggnogs and all those like, cock, you know, those mocktails that you get, uh, juices and, and sodas, don't do that. Drink water, especially if you know you're going to be overeating. Drink water. Water is your friend during the holiday season. All right. So now that you know a tad bit more about eating for two during the holidays, let's go. We're switching up today. We're going straight to some questions because I have so many of them because y'all wanted to know what to eat. So let's go straight to some questions. This one says, Dr. Plenty, my family always makes gumbo for the holiday. I heard that I should avoid seafood, especially shrimp. Is that true? That's not true. So you can eat shrimp in pregnancy unless you're allergic of some, uh, for some reason. Um, if you're allergic, obviously you don't want to eat anything you're allergic to, but you can eat shrimp. Gumbo is actually seafood overcooked. <laughs> so it's not like you're eating raw seafood in your gumbo. Okay. So you can eat pretty much everything that's in the gumbo. If you eat an okra gumbo, if you're from Louisiana, a lot of people do okra gumbo. That's, you know, okra in there that's boiled down with sausage and some people throw in shrimp. That's fine. If you do a seafood gumbo that has crab meat in it and it also has shrimp and some sausage, you can do, you can do gumbo. I haven't heard of anybody putting anything in gumbo that you can't consume. Now, remember that we want to avoid things that are high in mercury. And the things that are high in mercury are like gray bee tuna, swordfish, king mackerel, all those things that we tell you about with sushi, okay, if you're going to go to a Japanese restaurant. But in terms of gumbo, you're not putting those things in the gumbo, y'all. So you can have shrimp. You can pretty much have anything in moderation in a gumbo, okay? The key word here is moderation, okay? But no, you can have, uh, you can have gumbo. You can have all the gumbo you want. All right, medical intern, what's our second question? Dr. Plenty, I'm two weeks postpartum currently and really want to lose weight. However, my family, being Cuban, has me drinking Malta, which is high in fat to help me with my breast milk production. I'm concerned because I was a gestational diabetic. Is this safe to drink or will it increase my risk of developing type 2 diabetes? Malta is a drink that is very high in, it's almost like drinking a milkshake, like a non-alcoholic fermented 
malt beverage, okay? Brewed from barley and it has like a bittersweet taste. Now, some maltas, because it is fermented, can have a small alcohol content, but for the most part, it's considered non-alcoholic. It is very high in calories, okay? Now, when you're breastfeeding, you should be eating 500 calories more than when you were pregnant. Remember, when you're pregnant, you increase your caloric intake by 300 calories a day, okay, over what you would normally eat. Breastfeeding, obviously, it takes a lot to breastfeed. You're 500 calories over what you were eating pre-pregnancy, okay? And breast milk is very high in fat. So Malta is high in calories, high in fat. The other thing that people usually say besides Malta is to just drink a milkshake in itself. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you have to avoid Malta because there are a lot of people that swear by this for breast breast milk production. But the thing that you pointed out is that you had gestational diabetes. Now, is Malta, depending on how much you drink, going to throw you over the top and put you at risk for real type 2 diabetes? Probably not, but we do want to make sure that you are watching what you intake. If you're drinking, you know, a Malta a day, well, there's, you know, that's not that many calories in Malta that you're going to just throw your caloric intake way over. Okay. So I would say that if you, if your family wants you to drink that, then yeah, you can, because it's one cup, hopefully is what you're drinking. And that's like 200 calories. But if you're drinking it with every meal, that's a problem because then you're drinking your calories again. And I don't want you to do that because that can lead you to become more and more resistant. Is that going to make you have type 2 diabetes right now? Probably not. Usually people that have gestational diabetes, they are at increased risk for getting type 2 diabetes within 3 to 10 years. It's usually what that biggest risk is. If you get type 2 diabetes at your six weeks postpartum visit, you probably have some underlying insulin resistance before the pregnancy. I'm not saying that you didn't because I never seen you before. So I'm not sure if you're somebody that was pre-diabetic and had some underlying insulin resistance or not. What I would say is you do need to increase your fat intake and you do need to increase your calories and adding one Malta is not going to be harmful. And if that's helping with your breast milk production, pumping and breastfeeding will also help you lose weight faster. So it's sort of a double-edged sword. Do you pump and make more breast milk because you're drinking Malta or do you not drink Malta and then you're underproducing, right? So uh, I would say that there's probably a fine balance between the two, right? You can drink Malta and breastfeed. Now, if you're drinking Malta and you're not breastfeeding, then you're just increasing your calories for no reason at all, okay? So I would say there are other ways to build up your milk production and that's making sure the baby latches pretty frequently, making sure you're consistently breastfeeding every three hours. And yes, making sure you're increasing your calories and I would, because you have gestational diabetes, try to make sure I'm only, if, you, if your family's really big on that, that's addition, try to make sure you're only doing the Malta once a day and try to increase your calories other ways with lean meats, um, lean vegetables, you know, um, uh, complex carbs, so that you are being very mindful of making sure that you're balancing the amount of milk you're producing and making sure you're healthy and losing weight after pregnancy so that when you go into your six weeks postpartum visit, 
you won't in the back of your mind be thinking, oh my God, did I fail this two hour glucola test because I drank all this Malta? No, because you only limited yourself to once a day, one a day and you're going to do some leaner things to increase your calories to help with your milk production. Now, once you get in the flow of things, okay, so usually it takes about four weeks for you to have a steady, consistent um, milk production, normal people. I did not ever achieve that, okay? But for most people, it's less of a struggle once you hit, you know, four to six weeks out. Then once you do that, you can start to cut back a little on what you would eat um, to try to focus more on losing weight while you're also losing weight because of the breastfeeding. So I would say if you're going to do the Malta, do it up front, but but you shouldn't need it after that. Same thing with things like liquid gold and mother's milk tea. Now, obviously, those aren't high calorie things. They're supplements to help with milk production. And I, I don't ever encourage supplements for milk production unless you're under producer. Do the work up front. Make sure you're breastfeeding and letting the baby latch consistently and frequently. And then if you're not producing after a couple of weeks of doing that, then you can supplement with, you know, milk thistle and uh, mother's milk tea. On my website, there's a whole list of things you can do to help with lactation. But I always tell people that does not take the place of doing the work and being consistent with pumping and letting the baby latch. But once you get your flow, okay, you should be you, sh- you should be able to cut back on those calories, okay? And then especially if you're at the point where you're like, oh, it's been almost a year and I'm going to decrease the amount of breastfeeding I'm doing because I'm trying to wean my baby off the breast, then y'all don't keep on eating those 500 calories a day extra when you know you're going to wean your baby off the breast because those calories are no longer going out with the breast milk once you stop breastfeeding. Okay. And those pounds will stay on. So if you want to lose weight, it's a fine balance between making sure you are aggressively and consistently pumping and watching exactly what you eat and making sure those calories are lean extra calories you're putting in your mouth. All right, medical intern, what's our third question? This one says, hey, thanks for always being so thorough on the show. My family always finds it insulting when I turn down food. So during the holidays, it's particularly difficult for me. Now that I'm 24 weeks pregnant, my family constantly forces food on me. I do not have any medical issues. However, is there, however, is there a medical reason I can tell them so that I can avoid the pressure of eating everyone's food during the holiday season? Well, um, I'm not going to tell you to lie to your family, okay? But um, with all patients, I always tell them, you can tell your family, hey, my, my, my doctor told me that I need to be cautious with the types of food that I eat and I need to um, limit the amount of food I eat to decrease my risk of developing gestational diabetes. And that's the truth, okay? Like every pregnant woman should be eating in moderation. You should not be overeating. Overeating and rapid weight gain is associated with gestational diabetes. And you can tell them, hey, I don't want to increase my risk of gestational diabetes. um, So I'm not going to eat this. Like my doctors told me I'm at risk for that because everybody's at risk for that. And I cannot overeat. Okay. So say that. Um, The other thing with pregnant women is You know, some of us get like particular smells, like we have food aversions. And if your family thought that you were 
having food aversions, like you just did not want to eat because you just can't tolerate it, I'm pretty sure they will leave you alone. So I would say, you know, there are certain foods that I just can't eat. I can't tolerate this pregnancy. And then you tell them the things that you can tolerate. So instead of like constantly, like whatever they ask you about, just constantly turning food down, perhaps say, oh, I, I want to eat this. Can you fix me a plate of this? You know, you see there's turkey and there are greens and there's dressing and there's a tossed salad. Hey, can you get me some the tossed salad and turkey and a side of dressing? You know, tell them exactly what you want to eat. So that way they're not just piling stuff on your plate and forcing you to eat it. You tell them what you want to eat. You eat the things that are on your plate and then they'll leave you alone. Your family just wants to, wants to know that you are healthy and you're able to tolerate food and that they're feeding you. They want to nourish you. Okay. So tell them the things that you want to eat before that day. And so they can have it prepared. And then when it's time for people to fix plates, either you get up and fix your own plate and put those things on your plate, or you have your significant other or whatever family member that feels like waiting on you hand and foot that day, tell them, oh, I feel like eating this. I've been looking forward to this all week. I want this on my plate. That's what I would do. And again, if they are just like bringing you stuff and adding stuff to your plate, you can say, oh, my doctor told me I have to really limit what I eat because of being at risk for gestational diabetes. And most people, they don't want to cause you to have a health condition. So pretty much leave you alone. So try that. And then the other thing you can try is just saying, no, no, I don't want to eat that. People will give you a pass because you're pregnant. So they're not going to be as offended as you think they are because you are pregnant. They know that pregnant women are a little bit more opinionated. We can tend to be a little bit more irritable. So it's okay to say, you know, no, I, don't, I don't really want that. No, I'm tired. I'm going to lay down. No, I'm not ready to eat. I've eaten enough. I feel over full. You can use all those words and just tell them, no, I'm, I'm okay right now. I'll let you know when I'm ready to eat. I'm okay. All right. So are there any other email questions? I think that my medical intern is shaking her head no, but since I did not give any case pearls, because these are all questions. So, you know, guys, no, I only give case pearls for cases. I think it's appropriate for me to give a case pearl for the holiday season. And it is, this is your pregnancy and your body. You do and eat whatever makes you feel happy within moderation. All right. So since that's all the cases, thanks so much. Or excuse me. So since that's all the questions, thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about eating for two during the holiday season. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypros at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at Pregnancy underscore Pearls and Facebook at Pregnancy Pearls. Feel free to check out the YouTube channel for more quick talks about pregnancy complications and the website, DrNicolePlenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables, which also has the do's and don'ts of what you can eat in pregnancy. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.